Testing, testing. It's on. One, two, one, two. Microphone checker. Microphone wrecker. Microphone picker, picker. <laughs> Alright, let's give this a shot. What is life? What does it mean to heal? I'm a human. Hello, hello. Anybody there? Why are we here? What does this mean? Let's figure it out together. That's fun. Just to come play. Play in the podverse. What are we doing? This is the Turning of the Bones podcast. Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Turning of the Bones podcast. It's me. Hello, your host, Colby Marie. How are you all doing? You perfect Paulinas. You ecstatic Estebans. You sultry Sols. You delicious Dales. And you amazing Aphrodites. <laughs> How are you all doing today? I uh, hope this day finds you well. hope this day finds you uh, right where you need to be. I am I'm pretty excited today. It's, uh, it's a good morning here in Denver, Colorado. I spent the morning on the porch watching just the fecundity of life on my street today. There has been a crew of landscapers removing a large retaining wall across the street and the joyous sounds of pre-work Spanish in the morning, uh, friends and co-workers connecting in a delightfully beautiful language that is mostly foreign to my ears. I pick up bits and pieces, but I can't speak Spanish. I can't understand Spanish fully, but uh, it's really nice to listen to. It's it's a, a beautiful language full of vowels and uh, it's like sounds like fireworks popping out of people's hearts, like really soft, beautiful fireworks quite a bit of the time. So I spent the morning on the porch watching I don't know the street was just a little extra alive this morning there were people walking their dogs there were couples holding hands there were cars and just the wind was in the trees in this really beautiful way the air has been really still here in Denver Colorado we've had some horrific air quality, I think some of the worst in the world the past week because of the wildfires in California and Oregon. And it's been a bit challenging to spend time outside. You really have to get out pretty early in the morning to beat the haze and the smoke. And so this morning was nice. I just felt like, I don't know, the wind was moving, which has been rare here it just kind of been this heavy haze of smoke <laughs> honestly a bit 
uh, apocalyptic feeling. It's the second year in a row that Denver has had smoky skies and really poor air quality. So it was so nice to get outside this morning and I went out back and I looked at my sunflowers and my garden and they are just, they're probably 10 or 11 feet tall. The bees were out buzzing. The flowers on my tobacco plants have bloomed and they are just gloriously beautiful white, almost like trombone shaped flowers. I really, I feel like I've fallen more in love with that plant as I've learned to grow it this year. And I've never seen a tobacco flower or tobacco leaf or plant. And so I was looking at those, they're really delicate like little white angelic trumpets. I see why people indigenous to North America discovered that plant as a sacred plant. It's really quite a magical, magical plant. And so just kind of spent this morning drinking my coffee, listening to the dogs romp around my house. The house is a bit empty because I'm getting ready to move and so the dogs kind of had free reign and they were just having a good old time and it was just making me chuckle. And so I thought today I would sit down and we could talk about life, aliveness, fecundity. The last podcast was a very somber reflection, contemplation on our relationship to death and the fears attached to it. Some people might argue that death and the fear of no thingness is at the root of all fears. I don't disagree with that and I I think it would be great today to talk about having a relationship with life because Last week, I I went back and listened to that podcast, as I always do. I I compose the bed music uh, while I'm listening to it, doing sound editing. And it felt really beautiful to me to sit down and have that conversation and I'm so grateful for my former student Jay for asking that question um, for the lands of Santa Fe for that that little experiment you might be able to hear that I am back in my studio with my creaky floor my little buddy Lily laying on the floor And I I may be clearing my throat a bit during this. Like I said, the skies have been really smoky, so I feel like I've got a tickle in my throat. I will try to limit those noises as we move forward. But after listening to that podcast, I thought it'd be really nice to sit down (laughs) and have a conversation about like life and joy and, you know, kind of... For me, inside of that fear of no thingness and cultivating a relationship with loss and change and death, you know, the question comes up, right? Like, what makes life worth living? And I would say, life makes life worth living. (laughs) Um, You know, I think 
I think that life is available to us all the time and that for me when I get into my fears you know if it's a neurological imbalance if I you know did something to create the circumstances where my neural receptors aren't working quite as well like I've been in a lot of transition so it's been hard to stay in routine it's been hard to eat healthy it's been hard to find time or energy to exercise my life is in a bit of a upheaval uh, which is beautiful and chaotic and challenging um, but during that time I've, I've definitely noticed that it's been my mental health has been a little bit compromised and it's been a little bit more challenging to stay out of those fear centers and I think a, a big part of that is just the, the nuts and bolts the the physiology of being a human the neurotransmitters that create joy dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin and the balance of those in my brain it's been a little off because I have been eating well haven't been in a routine haven't been exercising and everything in my life is changing, you know. I didn't do slash don't know where I'm going to live uh, right now. And I trust that it's all going to take care of itself, but I, I think it would be foolish to ignore some of the, just the basic stress that goes along with that, you know. Some of it is really motivating. Some of it's a little scary. Some of it's uh, really liberating. But so... You know, when I go into the fear of no-thingness or, you know, when I'm grieving, you know, grieving will also alter your uh, neurological makeup um, necessarily. It's a really, I don't think it's something we can avoid. It's going to come for us um, like it did for Jay, uh, unexpected loss like it did for me in that situation in the grocery store. And so... This morning I was just kind of like, I was sitting there, I didn't sleep super well, I had some chaotic, kind of pretty sad, intense dreams, and I just woke up feeling kind of low, and so I just went and sat out front, and all of a sudden the life of the street kind of, it, it recharged me, it kind of, it filled me up, I was like, oh, you know, like, I may feel a little off and have a whole lot to do, and be stressed about work and money and where I'm going to live and kind of those basic needs, you know. I'm not worried about feeding myself or, uh, you know, it's not as extreme as someone who's experiencing homeless might be going through, but those basic needs uh, are taken care of for me. And so doing a little check, like, yeah, I got food, I got a little bit of money, going to be able to get through the day got water, I've got coffee, I've got my dog, and I just went and sat outside, and I was like, <sighs> just blown away by just the, the soothing noise of the wind through the trees, the soothing noise of co-workers kind of joking and catching up before they started the day, the, the smiles on people's faces kind of being outside being able to enjoy the outdoors without the oppressive smoke in the air quite yet today. Uh, you know, it was, the blue sky was back. We've kind of had this hazy, reddish, apocalyptic sky, and 
it was just nice to sit outside and sip my coffee, listen to the dogs run around, and I realized that, you know, maybe there was a part two to the last podcast. And the part two is about life. And it's about how amazing and sacred and blessed and joyous and interesting and curious and confusing and just dynamic it is to be a human to be in a body that has five senses you know to be able to smell you know taking a deep breath and smell some clean air smell my coffee smell the flower to be able to see to look around and look at all the just wonderful colors in everybody's garden beds the pinks the purples the oranges <clears throat> the the green of the grass the greens of the trees to be able to hear spanish being spoken and being curious and not understanding what's being said to hear the wind in the trees and be curious and not understand what the breeze is telling me um, to be able to feel the cool morning air on my body you know it's been a hundred degrees so we've had the smoke with oppressive heat and to be able to feel just a little bit of the space that comes from fresh air um, on my skin and to be able to taste my coffee. I bought some really special uh, small batch farm coffee on my way back from Santa Fe. I uh, got a ball jar full of raw honey and I've been putting that in my coffee in the morning and be able to taste the sweetness, just the, the sweetness of the coffee, the, the smokiness, of the beans my aunt got me these uh, small batch coffee beans from a farm in Costa Rica when she was down there with my sister studying Spanish and yeah just to be able to take in all the senses like what a <laughs> it's kind of you know being out of my head and you know that's not to say my brain wasn't hopping around and going to oh my god how am I gonna get all my stuff packed or how am I going to get this podcast recorded or how's my relationship with my estranged father and how's my how are my romantic relationships doing or my friendships or you know my brain was hopping all around you know when am I going to find time to go get dog food you know um, so a real natural dance of the brain's kind of proclivity to stress and fret about the past analyze the past fret about the future like that was all present but I just got a a little breath of fresh air just trying to really look at all the life around me you know every person that passed on the street has their own entire experience of life you know and to see 
You know, the amount of life and joy that is in a neighbor smiling and saying good morning. You know, the safety and security, the connection. Um, so I think for me, it's, you know, because I was around death and loss and uh, growing up the child of an alcoholic, you know, I think that it was kind of natural for me to have a relationship with intensity and chaos and darkness and fear. And for a long time, you know, I really, I created an identity around that. I created an identity around, I think I mentioned it in response to what my godfather told me about being the one who can do the work, you know, being around death. And I, I created a sense of self that had a lot of power around my ability to handle really intense things. And then, you know, you get, you get feedback from that. People who haven't been through intense things want advice from people who have. And you get social validation. And so for me, I got all those things. And so I was kind of like being with darkness and death has felt natural in a way. Um, and <laughs> ironically, you know, it takes a lot of work. You know, it takes a lot of work to be with death and to grieve and to work with your shadow or your demons or whatever you want to call it, your trauma, your habitual patterning that, patterning that continues to cause you suffering. It takes a lot of work to do that, but for me, it was like that, that, that work felt natural. And I think, you know, this morning I was reminded that cultivating a relationship with life and aliveness and light and joy and abundance, that is some really important work for me. And, you know, I think is someone who has addictive tendencies who you know it's it's an I've been afraid of it because I can see how easily I could slip into hedonism you know to total self-indulgence to kind of a aggrandized you know new age like oh yeah you know where I'm not really living in the here and now where I'm kind of like yeah everything is just energy and like life and you know everything is happening for my highest good like yeah that's all true and great but like you can kind of avoid being with the other parts and you know so it took me a long time to cultivate the discernment around you know, what, what is overindulgence and what is like the right amount of indulgence in being in relationships with things that make me feel good, you know, things that give me pleasure, you know, like this morning, just spontaneously, I was sitting in the other room and I heard my dog and the other dog that we live with, Lily and Aoife, they were just running around and I could tell that they were having so much fun that like this just really spontaneous laugh and smile came over my face. You know, like I was just like, oh my gosh, this is really, <laughs> it just felt good. You know, like I, I, in that moment was, 
was reminded that like yeah spontaneous happiness is available at every moment the same way that spontaneous uh change or suffering is possible at every moment and you know this morning i really wanted to spend my time uh being in relationship not with my thoughts about things but just with things that made me feel good like the breeze and i think that it's really challenging to it can be really challenging to be okay with being okay to you know like <laughs> those moments of joy kind of catch us off guard and i think you know because they're not threatening because they don't scare us you know like uh you know watching a car accident will will scare you and will stay with you and that's a spontaneous moment of fear and a spontaneous moment of joy like seeing a baby smile um my ex-fiance sent me a video of her baby crawling across the floor towards uh her dog a dog that we got when we were together um and just to watch <laughs> just the joy in a baby exploring its world and wanting to go connect with this dog and to listen to the joy of a mother watching her baby explore the world like it was just like it was as spontaneous as the car accident and <sighs> i think that yeah like as as much as you know meditation like and contemplating your relationship with fear and suffering and death is important it's also equally as important to cultivate and contemplate and understand your relationship with with happiness and with okayness and with contentment um you know this morning i was when I was getting ready to do this podcast, I kind of just, you know, was like, okay, what's my intuition? Like, what the, what the hell should I talk about? And I came across this book of poetry, and it's a book of poems by William Carlos Williams, an American poet. And on the cover, he's got to be 70 years old. He's wearing glasses, and he's standing in what looks like a... Uh, A cherry blossom tree maybe and he is just smiling from ear to ear you know just taking it in and uh, I was reminded that like yeah those those moments are available to us in so many ways you know with a dog with a child with a flower with music oh my gosh you know like since I was little I've just always had such a loving relationship with music and how music can communicate feelings and emotions and big truths about life and things that we all have in common in such a unique way song by song I was remembering 
driving around listening to like when I was little I would sit in the back seat when my parents took us on road trips to see our grandparents and I would uh, listen to Beethoven or classical music or Kataro uh, on my on my Walkman with my little headset and I would just sit in the back seat and I would you know kind of imagine these beautiful worlds as like the highway unfolded in front of me and that's one thing that like still to this day I, it, it it always brings me joy to go on a road trip and listen to music to to explore new places and to hear new songs and to have a song really touch me emotionally and I think that you know, is I talked about, you know, your relationship with death and sadness and suffering changes over life. So does your relationship to joy. You know, the things that bring you joy can change. Um, you know, you don't... I know that when I was in third grade, I listened to Beastie Boys' License to Ill when it came out, like, a million times. Like, probably... Like, that's probably not an exaggeration. I, I listened to that until the, the tape cassette broke. And that album like, just brought me nothing but joy. The storytelling, the sounds, the, the, the three artists, different voices. It was, you know, the beats by Rick Rubin. I'm pretty sure he produced that. But anyhow, like, it, it, it brought me joy and, you know... I may not have felt the same way about it when I was 35 and I heard it, you know, like um, the things that bring us joy and meaning kind of change and evolve too, you know, like having a dog has pretty consistently brought me joy, but having one now brings me a bit more joy than it did, you know, there were a lot of parts of having a dog that were stressful when I was younger because life was more stressful and I wasn't on top of my shit and you know, my, yeah, my relationship with, with happiness and aliveness is like, it's ongoing too, you know, the, I can have a completely mundane conversation with my mother, you know, I could call her after this and we could talk about like going to the doctor, um, how hot it is, uh, you know, maybe a little family gossip. You know, we're trying to do that less, but, you know, it still happens. It's a work in progress. Um, uh, what else, you know, talk about, you know, just some... Nothing, like, no heartbreaking therapeutic session, you know, where your heart breaks open. You're like, oh, I totally, I get where you were coming from, mom, and vice versa. Like, oh, I didn't know it was like that. I'm just talking about, like, an average conversation. We could talk about looking for an apartment, and uh, it, it brings me joy, you know. And when I was younger, I used to get stressed out by talking to my mom sometimes, you know. We all do as we're, like, separating our identity from our parents. But, like, you know, that, that, that relationship... The things that bring us joy changes the way that our relationship with death changes. And I think that, yeah, like part two to a conversation about death is a conversation about life, you know? Like, I, 
I want to continue to be in relationship with the things that make me happy. You know, hearing from Jay last week makes me happy. Uh, there's a plane flying overhead. You can still pick up the planes inside this house. Um, getting distracted sometimes really makes me happy. <laughs> Um, and this morning, you know, I wanted to share with you, I didn't want to leave you hanging on the William Carlos Williams thing. I, I wanted to share with you some of his poems because I think he was, I think Walt Whitman, William Carlos Williams, they were, I would say a couple of the first poets or authors that I read that showed me that joy exists in every moment and joy doesn't always exist in an emotional high or low so when I was younger I was really into romantic poets I was really you know like uh, William Butler Yeats uh, Blake uh, Shelley uh, Dylan Thomas you know music like Nick Drake um, Elliot Smith you know like I thought that like the beauty, you know, like I said about being comfortable in the darkness, like the beauty is in the richness of like this really deep emotional, vast complex network of feelings and the ever-changing nature of uh, sadness and you know, like that was great, you know, I love the romantic poets, I love a nice sonnet about somebody you're never going to get, you know, Dante's uh, Vita Nueva you know, talking about meeting Beatrice, his muse, and the importance of a muse. Um, so I really, like, I immersed myself in this, like, heavy feeling, you know, kind of naturally. And, you know, that was a relationship with sadness and death. And then I heard, you know, uh, William Carlos Williams and Walt Whitman, and they they distilled the moment into joy and simple things into like the power of simple things you know there's the really famous poem by William Carlos Williams uh, the red wheelbarrow and it's it's gorgeous the red wheelbarrow so much depends upon a red wheelbarrow glazed with rainwater beside the white chickens You know, if you just kind of sit with that image, you know, it's like this morning on the porch, there's so much going on there, you know, in those 20 or so words, those six lines of poetry, there's just a richness in just being alive. There's a richness in sensing, you know, the colors of the wheelbarrow, the colors of the chickens, you know, you, you don't need to be told that the rain smells uh, to know that that was there too you know the smell of rain and the dirt and on the the wheelbarrow the way that water and metal mix to makes a very specific smell the way that chickens smell when they're wet you know and the rest of the farm kind of comes alive from just this simple moment and i think that's kind of you know being in relationship for me being in relationship with life is trying you know through whatever means I have to be uh, 
you know, present in the moment, present to the beauty and the joy, um, acknowledging the pain and the suffering, you know, doing that work when it's necessary. You know, if you lose somebody, it's necessary to grieve. Uh, that loss can bring up other losses you haven't processed yet. Um, you know, so there is a time and a place for, for being with death and loss and change and suffering. Um, but concurrently, at the same time, there's good stuff happening, you know, and this isn't like a, you know, I hate it when you're having, say you're having a bad day and someone walk, you're like, oh, you know, like, whew, I'm just, I'll just do a personal one. Man, I'm, I'm really stressed out right now. Like, I've got to move. I've got, uh, get this podcast out. I've got four jobs. I've got, you know, three other jobs. I had to work this afternoon. I got to pack up my house. Um, and I got to run to the store. Just feeling there's a lot on my plate. And someone's like, well, look on the bright side of life. You know, you're getting a fresh start. And you're like, dude, did you just totally not hear a word I said? Like, just give me a second. Acknowledge, acknowledge a little bit. I'm not talking about like, you know, ignoring the stuff that is challenging are filled with fear. I'm talking about, you know, creating a relationship with both. You know, there's one thing I do believe is that both of those exist in every moment. You know, what I'm experiencing is unique to my journey and my path and my history and my family and my, you know, whatever you want to call it, purpose. Uh, you know, I. I know that I've got a unique path in that, that journey of being in relationship with life and death. Um, but just kind of getting to a place that when I do go back to, to be with life, it's actually filling me up. You know, it's like, it's balancing me out. You know, I think there's this really great saying and, and, the traditions that I study from India about, you know, you should learn to walk the middle path. Um, and it's like a razor's edge sword, you know, like you meditate and you do your, your spiritual practices, your diet, all that stuff, so that you can walk this kind of really, this tight wire between falling too far to one side or the other for falling too far into darkness or too far into light, you know, too far into self-indulgent sadness or too far into self-indulgent hedonism and pleasure you know you you do this so that you can kind of walk the middle path and yeah i think just just joy just happiness just life you know it doesn't even have to be you know one of these bigger words like what's your relationship with not like life like I'm born I live I die like but what's your relationship with things that are alive um, you know doing a contemplation or some reflection around like you know what are the things that that make me feel alive you know doing this podcast makes me feel alive I feel like I'm so protective of this every week with my time and my energy because this gives me life. You know, it, it 
it's like the way that eating healthy food like literally gives your body life and energy to do things i think that their emotional sensual spiritual physical things we can do you know cuddling being held being touched releases a really important neurotransmitter called oxytocin and that helps us feel alive safe and secure um you know laughing releases dopamine sex food chocolate like they're things that make us feel alive um when we're kind of there for it and i might read another poem or two oh i, I just remembered when i was flipping through this book this was kind of a serendipitous moment i uh I kind of I came across <clears throat> a couple things. The first thing is this poem, and this poem I think really a it makes me happy because I don't know how to pronounce a lot of words in it, and uh, learning new words is really fun for me. Um, working through, you know, my dyslexia and uh, sitting down <laughs> and like kind of fumbling through some sounds, listening to poetry brings me a lot of joy. Like a really good poet. You know, it's almost like a song with the words, you know, it's like playing an instrument with the sounds of language. And I th this poem really, I think, captures a moment where both things exist. And it's called The Semblables. The red brick monastery in the suburbs over against the dust-hung arcade of the unfinished and all but subterranean mutations plant those high brick walls behind which at Easter the little orphans and bastards in white gowns sing their Latin responses to the hooray ritual while frankincense and myrrh round out the dark chapel making an enclosed sphere of it of which they are the worm the cell outside the city beside the polluted stream and dump heap uncomplaining in the field of upended stones with a photo under glass fastened here and there to one of them near the deeply carved name to distinguish it that trinity of slate gables the unembellished windows piling up the chapel with its round window between the dormitories peaked by the bronze belfry peaked in turn by the cross vestiges Face, faces all silent, that miracle that has burst sexless from between the carrot rows, leafless white britches, their empty tendrils swayed in the all but no breeze guard behind the spiked monastery fence, the sacred sanctuary. But ranks of brilliant car tops, row on row, give back in the in his glory the late november sun and hushed attend before that tumbled ground those sightless walls and shoveled entrances where no one but a lonesome cop swinging his club gives sign that agony within where the rapt machines are praying like wow <laughs> All those images, you know, like the beauty of people praying, the smell of frankincense and myrrh, the image of a church and a place where we all come together to try to figure this out, the, the heaps of rubble, the polluted stream, the cops swinging a wand, you know, 
children who are lost you know all of that exists the beauty and the the despair all in all in one snapshot you know and so for me you know when things get a little too heavy it's like it's time to focus on the life you know what what's going on how can i balance out the stress um how can i balance out the grief you know if i'm grieving you know just looking at a kid kind of bring a smile to my face and remind me that this is going to go on and it's going to be okay um God, i really love that poem and i think the thing that was you know so i've been in this journey of doing this business of working on myself and healing pretty intensely often on most of my life but definitely like super focused on it the last f five years and so yeah I was a little uncertain like should I read a poem should I not does this make sense will I be able to tie it together all the good questions I ask myself when I'm freaking out about the podcast um, but I think this important kind of tie together, you know, what I've been talking about in these podcasts where I started with fear, talking about death, talking about, you know, the things that nourish me, returning, kind of this, you know, just the dance of being a person, you know, this endless play, as Shakespeare put it. Um, I found this, this, this letter, this kind of thing I wrote to myself and I'll share it with you because I think it's important it was like it was an intention and for those of you who don't know an intention is like I you know I intend to clean I have the intention to clean the kitchen later this afternoon that means it's like something I, I, I'm planning on doing I'm going to try to do and so in my healing journey it's been important for me to like set intentions you know I I have the intention to uh whatever experience more contentment you know just to be calm in the face of adversity or in the face of uh, chaos that's an example um, but I found this and it was really great it was like it's it, it I think this is like a useful thing and I'm glad I revisited it it was uh, at the top you know liberate like I, I want to lib be liberated from my fears you know like break out of the the prison of the things that scare me and keep me from trying things, whether it's uh, going to a new social gathering or meeting new people that think differently or whatever, you know, like I want to be liberated from my, my fears. I want to create. I want to share. I want to write. I want to teach. I want to heal. I want to express my desire. I want to laugh. I want to play. I want to sing. I want to dance. I want to speak my truths. I want to notice, I want to nurture the seeds of self-love and self-assuredness, confidence, discernment, insight, intuition, and I want to trust. I want to trust the process. I want to connect deeply with my precious heart. I want to reside in real human presence, live in the moment. I want to connect deeply with others. I want to cultivate the ability to love and accept and to never <clears throat> and to revere the dynamic dance of how life expresses itself. I want to immerse in the sacredness of every act. 
And then on the back, I have written down a really beautiful Sanskrit word, and it's Mangalam. Um, and Mangalam means an auspicious moment in time that is giving birth to more and more magic and more and more joy. Um, and so maybe this, this podcast is a little prayer for myself, a little prayer for you that, you know, in the face of the things that are hard, that we can find beauty and joy you know I've got I just got a little distracted by my lava lamp because it just started really going and the bubbles are bouncing up and down and there's these beautiful oranges and reds and purples and pinks um, kind of held in the the timeless liquid of a 1960s lava lamp (laughs) that uh That, that really, I don't know, it just captures my curiosity. It, it, it's like listening to music when I was a little kid, so it just distracted me and it brought me a little bit of happiness. And so I really hope that for you and for those around you, you know, that you can just experience life and the aliveness of what's going on. It's been challenging for me. Um, it's something I'm still working on. Um, it's something I have to practice um you know i think it it's really it was heartwarming for me to see that piece of paper fall out of this book of poetry on this morning because i know that i have been practicing and that that practice has given me the results of you know being able to go sit outside this morning when i woke up a little funky and off a little sad and stressed to go outside and recharge, uh, to feel my senses, to not think too much about the good that's around me, but just see it and feel it. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but I was really happy that I found that. Really happy to be able to read a little bit more of William Carl- Carlos Williams, and I think I have one more poem marked. Um, and I'll leave you with this before I do my uh, my you know my plug for the podcast, my financial support request. Um, Sonnet in search of an author. Nude bodies like peeled logs sometimes give off a sweetest odor, man and woman and other, under the rain tree in full excess matching the cushion of the aromatic pine drift fallen threaded with trailing wood brine, a sonnet might be made of it, might be made of it, odor of excess, odor of pine needles, odor of peeled logs, odor of no odor, other than trailing woodbrine that has no odor, odor of a nude woman, sometimes, or of a man, or of other. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. This is a crowdfunded, listener-supported podcast. Um, Your donations are so appreciated they're helping me survive these times they put a little bit of food on my plate 
a little bit of joy in my life, a little bit of predictability, and it's really, I'm really grateful for the people that are uh, supporting the podcast, and for those of you who can't do it right now, no worries. This is, uh, like Blind Boy says, a model based on soundness and kindness, where if you can listen and you can afford to pay, uh, you're helping somebody who can't right now, and that's a great thing, you know, I really want to create a community here where we help each other and I know that I haven't always had the money to pay people that have helped me and other people help keep them going professionally so if you can uh, support the podcast go over to patreon www.patreon.com slash turning of the bones uh, donate monthly you can do a one-time donation you can message me on instant messenger um, and come up with ways you can support this podcast. I, I appreciate it so much. You can go over to the website. There's a link there, www.turningofthebones.com. There's some blog posts about things. I am hoping on the other side of this move to get back into a really good writing schedule. Is uh, Let's give it up to writers because it takes a lot of work to write things and I just haven't had the time so I haven't been producing and I'm hoping to get that back out there um, yeah and you can like and subscribe uh, leave a review on iTunes follow me on uh, Spotify all that really helps me and you know do it with other independent podcasts um, there are so many big podcasters and this is such a big market with big names that we're getting a lot of money that you know the kind of beauty of the independent podcast is being challenged a little bit right now so i appreciate your support i appreciate you listening you beautiful beautiful people i hope that you can go out and like you know smell the roses read a read a child read a kid's book that you used to read when you were little that made you happy like go out and play in the dirt uh have some fun you're alive if you're listening to this i'm alive we're alive. So thank you so much for being here. Be well. Turning of the bones. Bye now.